The man's a fisherman. <laughs> An efficient fisherman. Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 74. Last week was McFred Stinks, and I tell you what, there's probably got to be some more of that anti-United stuff getting about tonight. What a result on the weekend. We'll get to that shortly. We'll jump straight into it. Another big week of football. Tommy joins me on the other end of the line. How are you doing this week, man? Over the moon. Is it anti-United or is it just reality, Sam? I don't know. Well... A uh, bit of bit of both. Maybe we could ask a United fan because after all these weeks, seventy three episodes in, we've finally done it. We finally got hold of a willing United fan who wants to jump on, a uh, friend of the show and a resident at Night Shift headquarters down there. Uh, Maddie joins us on the line. How you doing, man? What's your uh, what's your reaction to the season been so far? Uh, look, as you can probably guess, entirely positive. Um, absolutely not. Look, I'm I, I'm not shocked. Is is what I would say. Not shocked at all. After the preseason we've had, um, there were you know some positives there, but same old cracks, mate. Same old cracks. The same old cracks. You're not shocked. I was, I'm actually surprised by that because I don't know. I watched that preseason game where you kind of. I know it's only a preseason game, but you ripped Liverpool apart, and then. Uh, yeah, this happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I about that. if you look into that Liverpool game, they were two weeks further behind us in their preseason. They made a good 20-odd changes. It wasn't there. It wasn't a Liverpool side. Um, they, played, I, they played their kids at the back, didn't they? Exactly, exactly. Um, I United look, also won the half where United played their kids and Liverpool brought on all their good players. Uh, it's But it's, it's like the England-Australia thing where they brought the kids on and they scored... It doesn't really matter. I'm just doing the dick advocate role, right? Devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please continue. <laughs> so, um, all right, United man, you've listened to us talk shit about your club for weeks and weeks on this pod now. Uh, yes. <laughs> are you? I'm sure you've got some notes there you might want to share. Are you are you going to go down the route of talking shit about him as well, or are you a bit more positive? Oh, look, long time, long time listener, first time caller. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to hang shit on my club today. Um, there, Can I stop there you for not- just one sec? Yeah, where's the guy? <laughs> I'll stop you for one sec. First time caller, uh, long time listeners will recall you actually rapping to Gangster's Paradise on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on this once. Yeah. Only the diehards. <laughs> Only the diehards will remember you doing some sort of Gangster's Paradise rap. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Nah, sorry, back to what you were saying. That was an Easter egg. Easter egg. Easter egg, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, look, I do have some notes. Um, to be honest, I, I don't know where to start. I guess we'll start with the obvious, the uh, the 4-0 loss to a mighty Brentford over the weekend. Um <laughs> <laughs> I will I will just like to read out read out some stats on that one and I think it lays bare the uh the problems with our United side. Fuck it, um, here we go. Facts. Facts. Brentford, Someone's done their work. Brentford ran 109 kilometers, made 90 sprints, and completed 21 pressures in the final third. In comparison, United ran 95 kilometers, made 65 sprints, and completed seven pressures in the final third. I think that just sums up United at the moment to a T. Um, we do not want to run for the club. Uh, I don't think there's many many warriors out there. Um, you know, we say in Sunday League football, mate, you, you don't have to be the best on the park, but 
you can just run. Yeah, just run. I was just sorry. I was just thinking warriors come out to play. <laughs> you clinking the bottles. Another ruined word. As soon as I hear the word warriors, I'm just thinking warriors. Warriors. Come out to play. Yeah, that I was reading some stats today about that, similar things about the work rate and the pressure. I think um, I also saw a rumour today that like Maro Icardi was on the list of targets for United. A very lazy striker. So mm. uh, imagine having uh, Ronaldo and Icardi as your your strikers. That'll, oh, that'll help. That'll help your work rate. Yeah, throw in Arnautovic in there as well. When we've got ourselves a dynamic front front, front three, that's uh... <laughs> that's a hell of a change room as well. Oh, Fucking hell! You want to you want to create like a harmonious atmosphere, and you've got Icardi and Arnautovic in there. Mm. Awesome. But yeah. um, I did I did hear an interesting rumor today. Um, so Ten Hag has apparently cancelled the United players' day off, brought them into the club, oh. and made them run thirteen point eight kilometers, which is the amount that Brentford ran more than us. <laughs> yet, yet to be substantiated, but this is this is the rumor I'm, I'm hearing from my sources. This is classic. Uh, yeah, just slid across your desk this morning. Did it? Um, did it? Yeah. This is this is classic. Like. Sunday league coach loses a game and he's like, right, thought. Tuesday, we're fucking doing shuttles, boys. <laughs> shuttles on Tuesday, boys. Get the cones out. And, and it's one win. of those things, you know it's going to happen as well. You rock up to training 15 minutes before you're having a chat with everyone. You're like, we're going to get flogged tonight, aren't we? You're like, yeah, yeah. we're going to get fucked up. We didn't play well yeah. on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't give them the old, oh, but we won on the weekend. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, those stats are crazy. Yeah. It, it really, it just shows the like, they don't really give a fuck, do they? Not at all. At, That's the, the thing. at the end of the day, it yeah. doesn't seem like anyone cares. Exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, I think I think that just that that sums us up at the moment. We we don't have any players that just want to put in the hard yards for the for the shirt. Um, yeah, and I think that's what's killing us at the moment. You know, if, if a Brentford side can run a collective thirteen point five kilometers, I think thirteen point eight kilometers more than you in a game, they, they're going to run over the top of you. And that's bearing in mind that we had sixty six percent possession as well. Yeah, unreal. Um, I think how are some of the some of the mistakes at the back too for some of those goals? David De Gea, what is going on there, champ? Uh, it's it's sad to see. I mean, that one of the few positives we had from last season, and I, I guess you could call it a positive, is that Haya did have a good season. You know, he was back to what we thought was his was his best. Um, and yeah, this in is in patches, in patches, and um, this is just one of those one of those mistakes that were were quite uh, quite common a couple of years ago yeah. um, for him. So, and, you know, we've just let Dean Henderson go. Our backup is, I believe, Tom Heaton, uh, you know, pushing 40-year-old uh, Tom Heaton. Cool. Um, H- household name. Household name, obviously. Household name, Tom Heaton, yeah. Household yeah. Heaton. So, you know, if if, if our back line is, is crumbling and, uh, you know, our, our shot stopper is not being a shot stopper, what are, you, what are we going to do? Because um, yeah. yeah. it's, it's that thing, it compounds, like, the lack of effort and the lack of running. Is it like the formation is still a little bit rusty <clears throat> and the, you know, the, the modus operandi right now is to play out from the back and it does, it's not comfortable. And you can tell De Gea has not really ever been the best play out from the back kind of guy. Not at all. And no. the way that he assesses the second goal that they concede where you've got a short left that's being covered. You've got a central option who is also covered. You know, you've got to hit it long in that instance, but if you are going to play it short, at least give it to him with a little bit of pep. 
because yeah. the, the ball that he ends up playing is so central and it deviates a little bit out and it ends up in his wrong foot. It's a it, recipe for disaster. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'll ask you your thoughts so far on Ten Hag and I'll preface it with, I saw a <laughs> comment this morning from Manchester United legend Tim Howard. Um, <laughs> oh, I remember him. Total soccer. Uh, Manchester <laughs> legend. <laughs> Total soccer. Um, who, did he play, who did he even play for? Everton, right? Everton. Yeah, it was Everton. Yeah. Uh, this morning saying that Ten Hag has had enough time. Oh, oh please, mate. What already? Is We're up to three months now. Well, um, I mean, Paddy Power's paid out on Ten Hag being sacked already in the UK. You're joking. <laughs> no, dead set. They paid out. First Lord. manager sacked in the Prem. I mean, look, early signs were good. Early signs were good. You know, who's saying all the right things coming into the club. But it's just, I think he's just been lumped with a squad that, is not going to perform. You know, we had seven and in, you know, quotation marks here, first team players leave the club over the summer. The club knew this for probably a year. We knew Pogba wasn't going to resign. We knew Mata, Matic, Lingard were all gone. That's four midfielders there that we've, we've lost and we've not reinforced at all. So I don't know if the club aren't backing him. I don't know who's making the transfer decisions, but you know he's he's fighting with both both hands tied behind his back. Um, he's got players there that we've known have not been up to the task for a couple of years now. And Mick Fred, um, Mick um, Harrison over the weekend. So that was <laughs> you know, um, and Ferrickson. That's the thing. Yeah, Ferrickson. Oh Ferrickson. yeah, Ferrickson. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's when McTominay came yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was having a chat with a um, uh, with a Liverpool fan uh, at work today, um, just comparing the two now you can't really compare Klopp and and Ten Hag you know Klopp coming into the Premier League Ten Hag coming into the Premier League I think Klopp had a lot more to his name when he first came in but he said in his first press conference that um, if I'm still here in four years we'll have a title Um, it took them five so that's a club that's got a proper structure a proper idea of where they want to be and how they want to get there so I think United don't have that at the moment. So that's why we keep recycling these managers. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I think there's there's top to bottom problems at the club. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fucking CEO, so I don't know how to fix them. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we've all got ideas. That's why we come on this pod and talk crap out of our ass. I was going to ask Skiff if you're a Glazers out man. If that's, you start to talk about CEOs. Is that where the problem stems? And is, you know, is it green and gold until Glazers go? Well, <laughs> if I can, um, if I can draw on the extremely unbiased Gary Neville and what he's had to say recently. <laughs> oh, and football mastermind as well. Football Absolute mastermind. Intellectual. Future uh, prime minister of the country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, in red. He, he's been very vocal about this, obviously. Um, he, he knows more about the club than you or I or Tom. Um, and he's, he's had some things to say. So um, he, he's, you know, echoed some of the same thoughts that we've said here tonight. You know, the club does not have a, uh, a structure. It doesn't have um, a, a proper sporting director, no clear transfer policy. Um, it's, I think I spoke to Tommy about it the other day. And I think I, I said the club's just not kept up with modern times. Um, you know, we, we're still thinking we're 15 years ago. Um, where I think, you know, your Ferguson's and your David Gills could could paper over those cracks. Um, but now that those two figures aren't there, um, yeah, I think I think the, the the Glazers do have a lot to answer for. You know, um, they've 
they've borrowed $600 million to buy the club. They've put that into the club's debt and they've since siphoned another, I think, $1.5 to $2 billion out of the club. You know, they're not using their own money to fund transfers or upgrades to the stadium or upgrades to the training pitch, whereas your cities and your spurs and so on, they've poured hundreds of millions of dollars into those projects. Yeah, fair. Uh, I'd struggle to have the... I don't know. I've struggled to comprehend the Glazer out stuff from a transfer point of view, given how much United still have spent. I think mm. it's just a case of spending wrong. Um, and we'll we'll get to the Ronaldo thing in a minute, I guess, because we've talked so much about it on here that it might be worth just getting your opinion as a United fan. Uh, but also just, I think, worth mentioning, I don't know if... Do you, would United fans have the patience to give Ten Hag five years like Liverpool did with Klopp? That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. You know, we've 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 done it to four managers now. You know, um, it's honestly, like, it's, yeah. At this point, it's really a uh, nothing to lose by doing it. I don't yeah, think exactly, exactly. You know, uh, yeah. In in fairness, some of the the people we've put in before weren't going to work. Mourinho was never going to work. Um, you know, I think obviously Moyes was was done from the get go. Um, it's again, you know, it comes down to whether or not those those pressures on on the club from external sources have that much of an impact. Um, it's you know, biggest club in the world. Some would say, is, uh, you know, certainly up there in England, and that comes with a lot of pressure. That comes with, especially you know, social media these days. The amount of pressure that comes from that um, can sometimes you know kick kick players and and managers out of the squad, but. You know that they've done it before. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again if the results don't come. Yeah. I'm always I'm always reminded of um, the Man United thing at the moment. Feels a lot like I don't know how much you two follow Australian cricket at all, but um, every time there's something happens, every time something happens, we have to hear all the bloody bullshit from past players that were legends <clears> and <throat> that were like you know they were incredible Australian cricketers. So. Every time they say their piece, it's like gospel when they're right. And now you've got, you know, Gary Neville's pretty prominent in the media, um, Roy Keane, and now Everton legends like Tim Howard coming out and saying, <laughs> oh, I'm um, sticking the boot in. <laughs> we'll let you get away because I know you're not a, a night a night shifter like we are. You got to get to bed, but um, <laughs> we'll finish on the Ronaldo thing. So we've obviously said our piece on here plenty of times. Um, as a United fan. Obviously, it would have given you, you know, so many great memories when you were younger. Uh, mm. Where do you where do you sit on it right now? Look, those those couple weeks leading up to the first game of last season, I got the warm and fuzzies, big time. I was thinking, I, I, I my think boy, everyone did. I think we did on yeah. here too. Yeah, we yeah. did talk it out for a little for bit. For sure, yeah. it was a great story, and you know, we we I remember we were on the couch here watching mm. the the game, and when he banged those two goals in, like we went wild, we went fucking crazy, and you know that that was that was a Leeds fan going crazy for it. You know, it was it was nice <laughs> to see, but <laughs> shut up, man! Don't tell anybody. Whoa, he's got some street cred, man. You know, you're yeah. doing his rep. Yeah, um, but as as the season went on, I just think it, you know it may not have been the right call. Uh, and United are known for making those commercial signings that sell shirts to make money for the club. Um, it was, it was, it's been lovely seeing him back in a, in a United shirt. You know, Ronaldo's my boy. I'll never, never talk shit on him, but um, it's not going to work this season. I just think, you know, and, and a lot's been said about t- uh, Ten Hag's style of play. 
you know, can Renato press from the front? And to be honest, this whole this whole saga has just put a, put a sour on the season. You know, it's it's made it's brought the focus onto him, whereas you know the focus should be on the team and and how you know the team's going. But it, it, every every week it's about Ronaldo. Um, I'm quite shitty at him. <laughs> I'm quite shitty at him. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if he left. I just would have preferred he he'd said this in February. He knew we weren't going to make Champions League in February. Um, you know, why come out a month before the season starts and saying that he wants to go? Um, you know, it's, yeah. It, yeah. I think he um, he's backed himself into a corner there as well because no one can afford his wage, you know. Yeah. And yeah. all the clubs that are Champions League, they they don't have the budget left from what mm. they've already invested to play Champions League. Like they've already invested in their teams to play Champions League, like you said, before he's decided he doesn't he wants to leave and go to another cha- a Champions League club. But those clubs have already they've already set out their investments and they they don't want to spend a ridiculous wage on a guy of his age. So yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's a shame um Barca already signed Lewandowski because they're probably the only club that could leverage uh <laughs> Renato's wages. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it. Yeah, I've I was kind of hoping that if anywhere he would have gone to Bayern because he would have been able to get that record that you yeah. know it, you know win a league in what four different four, four different countries four, four no one's ever no one's ever done it before I mean if anywhere I would have been happy to see him go there but um, I mean look he, if he does play this season and he, and he's a regular under ten hug he'll probably score another fifteen odd goals it's yeah, just will. yeah I can't see the squad progressing with yeah. him in it yeah fair I think uh, if I can just if I can wrap it up with just one. Final jibe because that's what we so like. There hasn't here. been enough. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the best thing that could have happened for everyone is he ended up at City in the first place. That would have been <laughs> bloody <laughs> hilarious if he just ended <laughs> up at Man City. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, cheers for coming on. I don't know if you got anything else you want to add. No, no, that's it. It's been fun. Like I said, uh, long time listener, first, well, second time caller, I guess. Um, how- <laughs> if we can't Gangster's Paradise rapping, not, not rapping <laughs> yeah. if uh, you know, it's it's been nice. I've I've been listening to the pod back the next day, and I've thought of all these comebacks when you've been talking shit about United. And unfortunately, I don't have anything for you today. I'm, I'm <laughs> so yeah. yeah, get me. I, I always said get me on after a win, so I can actually say something nice. But. Yeah, it's been real, boys. All right, we'll we'll keep it in mind and we'll call you in round 23 when they get a win. So <laughs> it sounds good. Enjoy. All Thanks right. for coming on. I guess uh, Cheers, Tommy, boys. you and Thank I you will mate. just uh, take it away. Now that we got that manky red crap out the way, let's yeah, talk about smell. some... It's gone. <laughs> let's talk about some other crap because I watched an abhorrent game of football on the weekend, which I'm sure most people would have because it was the early game Saturday night. Aston Villa beat Everton 2-1 in... Just a completely putrid display. It makes a it makes a particular case when it's the earlier game as well because it's like fucking nine o'clock, nine thirty, ten o'clock here. Everybody is tuned in. It's the second week of the prem. We're pumped. I'm excited. It was a really good first weekend of games. Didn't really catch a dour one, and so you know you have a big day and you settle into the lounge on a on a a ten pm ready ready just to watch some quality English football. You know, the thing that we choose not to watch Australian football for and you are served <laughs> up a game where, look, this may be the first game I've seen both sides simultaneously lose the midfield battle. It was that poor. Yeah, it was a complete stinker. I think the only highlight for me really is that uh, my boy Danny Ings got on the score sheet 
Um, Dings. But just, I don't know. Both these teams looked, it was just such a scrap, such a scrap in the middle where, like you said, it looked like both teams were trying to lose. Aston Villa maybe more in control and then they did get that second goal only to concede instantly and <laughs> just bundled into his own net by Dean. Uh, just <laughs> probably probably the highlight uh, aside from Danny Ng scoring was the the substitute that came on for came on for Everton and scored what's his name for Fana. Mm. He didn't score, sorry. He set up the he set, set up, up the own goal. Yeah. <clears throat> um. I just what what the hell is his name? Oh, Anana, the the little player. Yeah, Fafana's the Brighton guy, isn't he? That's the one. Yeah. New signing. Um. Yeah. Worked an absolute treat. The the funny thing about uh the Luca Dean is that is it Dinye or Dean? What are we going for? I always said Dinye, but I don't. We need know to have French, a style, so I could be we wrong. Need- All the commentators say Dean. They do say Dean. We need a style guide on this pod. Luca Dean, Luca Dean, yeah. Um, scored for Everton while playing for Villa this season. Uh, the last time he scored, it was for Villa while playing for Everton last season. A oh, man clearly stuck between realities. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bloke. We should invite him on the pod. He'd fit in. <laughs> He'd have some really stellar points, in which, that, in which case he could just backtrack in his next thought bubble. <laughs> we mentioned some of Everton's... Uh, well, we mentioned them getting Connor Cody the other week. It was more a, I think it was more a, a note on Connor Cody. Well, why would you want to leave Wolves for Everton? You add in Tarkovsky next to him, coming from Burnley. What are, is this a desperate stay out of the relegation zone type transfer window? Yeah, hell yes. It feels like uh, an old Stoke transfer window where they would finish 14th, 15th, 16th and go out and just find the biggest bodies they can put at centre-back to try and shore shit up. But it doesn't work. There was like, there was an article I was toying with about is long ball football dead now in the Premier League because Burnley have gone down. But no, it's not dead because Everton are reviving it as, and trying to keep it alive as much as they can. Fat Frank's side clear the ball longer from centre-back or goalkeeper far more than any other team in the Prem. And I think that's why those centre-backs have come in because they play that role. Yeah, uh, they've also added not just one, but two players for Burnley as well, getting in Dwight McNeil. Um, he was probably one of the few he okay. positive. He's one of the positive lights of Burnley last year. He's only 22 still as well. Uh, I think he'll be okay. But some of those other pickups, Dele Alli, uh desperation, I think. I don't know how much of a professional career that guy's got left. He's more of a brand now, isn't he? He's... He- he almost fits the Lingard role, although Lingard seems to have more desire to play football. But to me, Deli Ali, yeah, like you said, he is cooked as an individual. He had his opportunity to play at the highest level with Spurs. They never won anything with him. He may be a part of that reason as to why, but he doesn't really make the case, uh, you know, to be a Premier League footballer anymore. No, he doesn't. Um, on Villa, I think, I don't know, good for them to get a win this week after... You know, losing to Bournemouth <laughs> opening day. Um, there, there's something weird about that midfield. They're going in with like a bunch of centre midfielders, no wingers. I don't know if it really worked for them or it's just something that they did against Everton because of the way they set up. But I guess they're trying to fit they're trying to fit Kamara, Ramsey, McGinn, and Coutinho, mm-hmm. these four guys, four central type midfielders into into the same team. 
it's like, uh, well, yeah, take that apart quick. That uh, Camera's debut, was it his debut? I don't know. He played really well, I thought. And to get him on the cheap like they did, Leeds were sniffing around for a while and I was always keen to have him uh, as our screening defensive midfielder. He's going to be a good signing, I think. But like you said, to start with no wingers against a side that's playing a 3-4-3, where you just, you anticipate, because the, the wide men for Everton, um, you know, Mikalenko and Patterson, they are stylistically fullbacks, but the you know the way that they play, they do get further forward. They can be caught out. You would think to play with wide men would have created better opportunities for Villa, and that's probably why we saw just a, a kind of a dreadful match because it was two mismatched teams lining up against one another. Yeah, they they definitely seemed to look better as well once they brought on Buendia and Bailey. Yeah, well, uh, Ben yeah. uh, Buendia got the second goal. Yeah, getting at the defenders. Um, a big loss for them. Diego Carlos went down with an Achilles injury, I think, and looks yeah. like he could probably miss the season. Yeah, that is a huge loss for them. Um, it's just, <clears throat> you never like to lose players early, do you? He's a big um, signing. Yeah, exactly. And it's, they were playing him at centre-back, weren't they? He's a centre-back, yeah. Yeah, so to... So partnered up with Mings there. Ta- to Taro Mings. Yeah. What do they do now? I mean, who came on? Concer or Callum, something? Came Callum Chambers came on. Oh, Callum Chambers came on. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, th- this could be the opportunity Callum Chambers needs. I don't think that's too big of a change to bring in uh, Chambers to cover that role. Yeah, I think Chambers probably found his home in a club at this level, not quite hitting it with Arsenal. So um, this is probably more to his level. He made a crucial intervention when he came on as well, intercepting a shot on goal. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, there was a big bunch of games on it the, in the 11.30 time slot. Just quickly, we'll whiz through them because there wasn't a whole lot of excitement in them. Maybe there was a little bit here and there, but uh, <laughs> any notes on Man City dispatch Bournemouth? You had a note on Haaland? Just wanted to make the quick point. Um, Haaland had eight touches in his 73 minutes, which is the third lowest in a game since 2003 in the Premier League. Not exactly the impact you would be thinking from your star striker. Yeah, I think we, when we talked about Haaland last week, I'm I'm hoping I said it. Otherwise, I'll sound like Captain Hindsight. But I think I mentioned about him being able to get in behind and Man City looking to play the early ball, whereas against Liverpool, like against Liverpool, they wouldn't do it. Against West Ham in round one, they were looking for the quick early ball in behind so Haaland can, Haaland can run onto it. But I guess Bournemouth, you know, had the bus parked from the first minute. I don't know how many goals he's going to score in games like that if teams do that. But teams can't afford to do that because, like, like you see here, they still go out and lose 4-0. Yeah, that's it. So, like, they had the three centre-backs and the two holding midfielders basically surrounding Haaland at all times. But it creates opportunities for everybody else and they still win four goals to nil. So, yeah, that is... It's part of, you know, City's changing dynamic and the fact that they now have these two very distinct ways of winning football games, whether or not Haaland's on, on song, it doesn't matter because KDB will score and the supporting cast will score. So, yeah, City just un- untouchable. I, I don't see how you beat them. He was um he was still able to get uh, an assist in those eight touches. So it, True. Two passes, one assist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um- Arsenal beat Leicester four two. That was a pretty entertaining game. I watched it. We won't go. We won't go deep into it. But um, Gabby Jesus off the mark with a double. He got an assist at the end as well. He got two assists. Sorry, two assists, two goals. 
he probably should have had three, maybe even four himself. Shortly after he got the second one, he could have had the hat trick. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're looking all right. They're looking all right. I would be quietly confident if I was an Arsenal fan, although judging by the online reception, they are very loudly confident. And that's not, you know, the greatest yeah, idea for a me. club. Yeah, for, you know, a club that doesn't really have any past success, you know, recent past success to hang their hat on. Yeah. I just had another interesting note on, um, I, I might have mentioned it last week, but uh, Alexander Zinchenko, it was mm. much more noticeable this week because Arsenal dominated the ball. Uh, but in that first half in particular, Arsenal getting forward. When we had the ball, Zinchenko was pretty much playing as a central midfielder. Cool. He was getting on the ball in those deep central midfield areas that Xhaka would usually be getting on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks a lot more comfortable there than Xhaka does, even though it's Xhaka's position. Um, and that leaves Gabriel Saliba and Ben White to form like a back three. And you just you end up with like this three or like a three, 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 one type thing uh, with players just going everywhere. Um, and also Xhaka started doing the old, he was reminding me of Aaron Ramsey. He was getting into the box a lot of times with that late run, getting on the end of some boards. He was unlucky not to score a couple score. and then... He, he got lucky when he did score the goalkeeper dropped the ball into it. But yeah, that's an interesting one. If you watch an Arsenal game, have a look out for that because they definitely set up as a back four. And then when they get the balls, Zinchenko's, he's in there as a, you know, a, a centre midfielder. It's interesting. It is an interesting one. I think it was the thing that I picked up on last week with City with uh, Kyle Walker dropping into midfield roles like that. Yeah. And you would think if anyone was going to mimic a Pep uh, style, it's going to be Arteta, isn't it? Yeah. So. And then defensively, they piss off back to fullback. Um, yep, hard working. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, Leicester, still unsure about them. They've still got the goods on paper, this team. Uh, Wesley Fafana, who we thought was at Brighton, we mentioned before he was... Oh, was he at Leicester? Yeah, Leicester. He had a very got there. Good, an interesting battle with Martinelli. Martinelli probably got the better of him in the end, but it was early on it was looking pretty good. <clears throat> but on, on paper, they've still got the, the names there. They've got Timothy Castain, Yuri Tillemans, Ndidi, um, James Madison, Jamie Vardy still. Uh, there's, a, there's a squad there. Um, it is a squad. Rodgers was whinging during the week that he just hasn't got the investment needed to be able to maintain Leicester as like a top six club or to try and break, you know, into the top six. And, you know, the names that you just said, you know, great names on paper, but the point he was making is there hasn't been a refreshment and they are the same names we've been talking about for the last few years. So. We'll see, we'll see how they go. We'll see how they go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Brian and Newcastle had a nil-all draw. We won't go into that one. I don't think either of us watched that or paid any attention to it at all. Uh, the other one... I saw, a, I saw a little bit of it. Newcastle dominated it, right? New, Brighton hung on. I don't know. I just told you I didn't see any of it. <laughs> well, let's speculate that. Thanks for asking, though. Um, <laughs> just boys, being polite. <laughs> your boys' leads blew a 2 nil lead uh, and ended up getting a draw. A point away, though. You would have taken that going into the game, wouldn't you? Uh, potentially, I just I saw the Southampton game as a really good opportunity for Leeds to get six points on the board straight up because I wasn't too impressed with the Saints against Spurs. And there's there's a stat that I read the other day like if you can get eight points out of your first fifteen in the Prem, you've got like a ninety six percent chance of staying up. And this was a really great opportunity to really you know cement yourselves. And Leeds would have been one of Arsenal and City as the only 100% sides in the league. So that would have looked cool for a little bit too. But you know what fucked us? 
Triple changes, Sam. Triple changes. Triple changes. I just, I, I, you know, I think they're ruining football. And you could make triple changes before. You could, but you didn't have the safety of being able to make two more changes. So it's five changes you're upset with, not three changes. It's yeah, it's five changes, but the the ability to make three changes without any consequence, and that's what Southampton without did. any consequence. Because uh, when you context it with Leeds winning two nil, Southampton have nothing to lose at this point at the seventy odd seventy odd minute. Yeah, so they're just balls to the wall. Okay, let's bring on two new summer signings. Let's change the formation. Let's go four up top, um, and it just totally overwhelmed Leeds and Husten Huttel made fantastic substitutions and changed the game and rescued a point for his side. And you're upset about that? I am upset about that because Jesse Marsh didn't react quickly enough. I'll offer you you another dick advocate. And uh, I've seen it plenty of times, especially because Syria have had this rule for a while now. They left it in after COVID. Um, I've seen it also ruin a team. You know, like sitting in a comfortable position in a game, making the triple changes uh, and then making another one, all of a sudden you've changed four or five, you've changed five of your starting 11, all outfielders as well. So you've changed 50% of your outfield players and completely lost the structure and lost their foothold on a game. It's, you know, so it it can work either way. It's up to the managers to be smart. Uh, I'd say Marsh needs to be a bit better maybe. Oh, he does. I think as a losing team though, it does offer you a, a better dynamic and you probably will see more goals as a result. It probably does. Uh, where do you sit on? I, I don't. I'm not sure we've talked about this topic, but there's the big argument about it advance um, giving more of an advantage to teams that have more depth or that are wealthier, so they can have more depth. Mm. I'm not so sure because I think you would assume that the teams with more depth are already winning the football match, and that that's, plays into that's your, exactly what I think. Yeah, yeah, and that plays into your argument that it will upset them more than anything. Yeah, honestly, it you know from what we've seen so far, it seems like sides who are trailing or sides who are, you know, not sus- expected to win are the ones that are benefiting out of this so far. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just, I find the discussion around it weird. It's, it's, it's taken up a lot of time on football pods that I listened to recently. I think that's just because it's made its way into the English game, but you know, other leagues yeah. have had this for some time now. So it, it just, it just it seems pretty breaks normal. tradition. And so that's why it upsets them. Yeah. It upsets the old English good traditions. Uh, that was terrible. Um, that was terrible. I'm not even going to try it. Three, three subs and a, and a pint of beer at halftime. That's, that's, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> Wolves drew with Fulham nil-nil. I didn't see a thing about it or anything. Uh, not interested. We've covered Brentford United. Uh, should we talk about Forrest? Because we brushed them off last week. As uh, I said, they looked pretty poor, albeit Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle were really good. Um, but this is a this is a pretty big win beating West Ham. Is it or is it just reinstating the fact that West Ham are not massive? It's both things. West Ham quickly look a shadow of the side they did in the previous season. They do. And I, you know, I'm not sure that this early days. win is that impressive, given that West Ham had a goal disallowed, twice hit the underside of the bar, and Declan Rice saw a penalty saved. Do you think this is more good fortune for Forrest than anything? Nah, Forrest also had a goal disallowed. Um, I thought they were they did enough to earn their <laughs> earn their win. Um, the home crowd was brilliant, though. Isn't that just were. such a great introduction of an old club back in the prem? I did enjoy it. I only got to see the like watching it live. I only got to see the first half. Um, 
pretty dynamic. It got like balls to the wall start, pretty entertaining. So for as far as one nil win goes, um, one nil wins go as I work on my basic English. Wingo. Uh, you, you'll see worse one nil games, that's for sure. Wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, uh, Forrest, do they stay up now? <laughs> Big cool. I don't know. It'd be a hypocrite if I went back on my start cool. of season predictions after two games. I can't they've do just, it. They've just made another massive signing. That um, Was it the Watford striker, Dennis? They've yeah, Manuel up, Dennis. Yep. They've spent a fuckload. You know, they've I believe they're the looking fifth, at Mope too. Yeah, they are. They've spent the fifth most in Europe. of Like they're up there with... Barcelona yeah. and all of those. It's insane. It's insane amount of money they've spent. Yeah, it's crazy. And I still don't recognize any of their players except Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Which, I mean, is that great in and of itself? I don't know. Did, did get an assist. Um, we'll go to, I guess, the big talking point of this round. It was everywhere this morning. <laughs> my, my hand uh, hurts thinking about it. The craziness. Chelsea hosting Spurs in a, a proper heated Derby. Yeah, they'll call it a Derby 2.0 because they have formed these two teams. Not, you know, especially these two managers, but Jesus, did they light up. I've not seen uh, a more ferocious coming together of two big-time managers since, I don't know, Mourinho and Wenger maybe. Coming together? Like that? Publicly? Like that, that. You are, I mean, Mu and Wenger did have a, a kind of a similar altercation, but this was this was something else, wasn't it? I just where, where do you sit on it? Who was the instigator? Who's the prick? I, uh, I tend to think Conte is a prick, but I like him, and I really like him as a coach. <laughs> yeah. And the more and more I see of Thomas Tuchel, the more I think he's a whiny spoiled prick <laughs> it does give off that in that vibe doesn't he that kind of intention of just expectation well, i deserve was, this we'll talk about stuff on the game was he warranted uh in his his displeasure with the referees over the spurs goals the thing with anthony taylor is chelsea have this long-held belief he is especially biased against them and that he has this inherent desire to see them lose and you know maybe they've got some stats to back it up maybe even in this game there's a couple of decisions you could say the hair pull on Cucurella in the lead up to the goal yeah potentially you could call that off I don't think it's a red card though and I that's the remit that VAR need in order to make a decision to overturn it in that situation so I can see why it wasn't but I guess the big one did he at any point have did he I didn't see it live so did he have at any point have the opportunity to see it the referee. He wasn't asked to go over and look at it on the screen? No, I don't believe so. No, because I don't think it's it's not in the remit of yeah. far to, so, to call that thing in the, so that's in the not, build-up. That's not really goal. on Taylor then, is it? No, but Unless it did look like Taylor. At it, <laughs> he, which he, he may have been. Pre- he had a pretty good view of it by the look of it. Yeah. It's just whether or not he was watching the flight of the ball rather than that particular jostle yeah. uh, in the box. I'm more tempted to give him the benefit of the doubt because... The decision they're really ganging up on him for is the supposed foul um, on Kai Havertz in the build-up to the first goal, which I just don't see is there. It just It's another example of a, of a defender sliding in, getting the ball and getting the man, but just everyone expecting the, the attacking player to get the foul. I think it was because it's coming from behind, isn't it? 
Yeah, I would and, I would see it more as a side-on challenge than behind, and, but yeah. I yeah, I think because like technically any slide from behind is a is a foul, whether you get a ball or not. But mm. I, I yeah, I'm not too upset about it. I don't like either of these two teams, obviously. And a two-all draw where they will fight each other at the end is a good result. It's a great result. Both managers get sent off. Both um, managers I, get yellows early in their second yeah, half. Yeah, exactly. So it was boiling <laughs> away. It was always going to happen. A-League memes did a really good post like, uh, why did these two managers get sent off wrong answers only? And someone said, because both of these guys stand up and clap when the pilot lands the plane. And I thought <laughs> that's pretty much what we watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know where this leaves these two teams. Kulabali on the score sheet, his first goal for his new club. Oh, Eddie banger. Lara. Absolute yeah. banger. His wrong foot as well. Absolute banger. Um, our boy, Reese James, getting on the score sheet. We'll talk about fantasy in a sec, but our boy grabbed one. Uh, Mason Mount, you're giving us nothing, bro. Step it up. Um, yeah, you're on the watch list. Yeah, I, I think these two teams, they're they're not. Neither of them are going to challenge City. I don't think anyone is. But I think we have a. I think this season we can have a good fight for second between Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, and Chelsea. Interesting. So in my mind, I'm thinking it's City, and then it breaks away to Liverpool, Arsenal, and then it breaks away to Chelsea, Spurs, and then the rest. Yeah, maybe Spurs uh, Spurs squad and depth, I think, may let them down, but the Conte effect I rate pretty highly. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think they'll have – I can see them just hitting uh, – running out the season real well. Mm-hmm. And he is genuinely good for the league, Conte. The way that he plays, uh, just you know, the drama and the theatre is obviously brought to it as well. Storyline, Sam, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, let's jump to. We want to talk about multi killers because you Ugh. you're keeping track this year. Uh, do you want to run us through what multi killers is and what the, the multi killers are? It's a very distinct set of rules that you need to be a multi killer because you can anyone can put a multi on and lose four legs and be like, well, fuck Leeds for not winning. You know, screw Man United for being shit. No, multi killers very very distinct set of parameters here. It must be four legs. It must be win, draw, win, multis. But that's not to say you can't have Brentford and draw, for example, Tottenham and draw. That constitutes a win, draw, win, multi. Um, And so, yeah, those are pretty much the two. (laughs) It's got to be four. It's got to be win, draw, win. And it can only be one leg that fails, which constitutes the multi-killer. Yeah, if you lose lose by a leg. Yeah. Lose by a leg. And so last week, Liverpool were the multi-killers without a shadow of a doubt, drawing with Fulham. Saw a lot of saw a lot of friends multis go down. A lot oh, yeah. of hopes and dreams for the weekend. Uh, a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, a lot of rent being unpaid, a lot of noodles being consumed. <laughs> and this weekend, Sam, I know you had a nice little European fill up, but uh, unfortunately I had to dabble in the English Premier League and not so massive West Ham let me down this week. So thank you very much. <laughs> Love that. I uh, Yeah, I tend to... I do have a pop at the Premier League on Saturday nights, but then I, I I try to miss it and I'll go after some Serie A or something. And I, I did get a nice fill up with uh, the Italian League and Real Madrid. So uh, thank you very much. No multi-killer for me. My multi-killer would have been United had Leeds not blown their 2-0 lead. So yes. uh, I did well. I had the Brighton-Newcastle draw in there too. Ooh. Had that. 
Yeah, it was, it was looking that. good. It was in good shape. And then Leeds blew their 2-0 lead and then United ended up getting battered anyway. So I don't need any more of an excuse to hate them. So No, thank you. No. We'll forget um, it. We'll just quickly run through your Euro one, though. You had a good had a good slice of fortune because Real Madrid came from behind. Uh, Roma only won by a single goal. Uh, Fiorentina All teams scored. won by a goal. Fiorentina scored a 95th minute Winner. Uh, through the sake of a howler, right? Wasn't the opposition keeper. Not sure. Haven't seen it. One of those ones, you just sleep through it. You wake up, you check the scores and go, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the money. See, you see four figures in the bank account and th- yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, fantasy football this week. We've got some, some we movement. Yeah, we have to. Uh, we've unfortunately, we've slipped from 11th to 25th, but we do still have... We still have Mo Salah, who's our captain, to play. Uh, although I suspect nearly every other team in the comp probably has Mo Salah to play. Uh, we 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 scored thirty six points so far this week, and the Ooh. average is fifty six. It's been a nightmare. Our midfield killing us. Um, uh, yeah, this week's Villa. This week's highest score goes to our Malaysian friend Ak- Akasia, oh, and the, the Bandit Bandit. They've moved up to third. Uh, 79 points this week um, and the second highest score this week and moving up into first place overall, uh, Ryan Mitchell, his team, fourth place trophy. I believe he's an Arsenal fan and fourth place trophy is a, it's a fitting name. It is. It's a nice little inside joke for the, uh, for the Arsenal fans there. I'll, like, shout out to the Malaysian bloke, man. He is having an absolute cracker and I hope he, hope he gets the trophy so that we have to spend an inordinate amount of money sending it to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his space? Uh, <laughs> t- did you read the T's and C's, Acacia? <laughs> did you read the T's and C's about location? Uh, I don't know. I can ship it. It would be like the Asian Champions League if the Phoenix ever won it. I'll just no, quickly you run you through. Uh, I'll run you through our leader's team at the moment. I'm just looking. He does have the Arsenal kit as his, and he's got the Arsenal badge there. But he's on. He's scored 77 points this week so far. Should The week isn't over. He still has Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah to play. Both of them. Oh, yeah. Days. Yep. That's, That's awesome. That's such Gab- great work. Gabby Jesus up front with Holland. Martinelli, who also scored this week. James, who scored. Cancelo, who got 11 points. Yeah. The goalkeeper, Saar got 15 points for Wolves on the weekend. So, yeah. That's unbelievable. (laughs) We're up against the penalty. Yeah, that's insane. I thought thought our brave decision to keep the Brentford keeper in was a masterstroke, but no, apparently fucking Wolves are doubling it. Awesome. Yeah. Seven points from our goalkeeper was good, but yeah. Like you said, it's our midfield, and we've just made the wrong choice either side. Like we chose uh, chose AA Ronson instead of Rodrigo. We chose Saka instead of Martinelli. It's just flip of the coin, and unfortunately, we backed in the wrong horse. And Leon Bailey, that I'm dirty about still. I still maintain he'll come good. Villa just have to realize <laughs> they need wingers. We'll see. Um, last note of the week. Uh, well. Just finishing with a bit of Euro stuff. Uh, Serie A got underway. Um, the defending champions, Milan, conceded in 91 seconds at home. Uh, they did go on to win 4-2, though, to get the win. Inter also got a win with a late winner. So 
the big boys off to a good start. I was I just wanted to talk about Barcelona because their season started. They had a pretty uneventful nil all draw to start the season. But I think the big talking point is I don't know how much of a talking point it is because it's always we see all these news clippings and stories every day and everyone shares it all in group chats. Like, oh, my God, Barcelona aren't going to be able to play this guy. Oh, they can't sign this guy. Oh, La Liga won't let them register these guys. I feel like this goes on every year and every year they're still allowed to do what they want and all play. So, like, Lewandowski played. Kessie came off the bench and played. Rafinha played. Christensen played. What's like, why, why do we keep going through this? They're going to they'll be allowed to do what they want forever. So who cares? There's no restrictions in place. Capital wins always. They the, La Liga cannot operate without Barcelona. So they can't. It's just all hearsay to think that they're going to be sanctioned or you know even punished in the way Juve were when they were found to be match fixing. Um, it's not going to happen in Spain because it's so tied to their uh, so tied to their TV rights and it's so fundamental to their yeah. revenue streams. This is a country that gave Madrid and Barca ninety percent of. I'm, you know, I don't have the exact figure, but it was around 90% yeah. of the TV deal was 90% of the TV to, to Real Madrid and Barcelona, the other 10% to every other club in Spain. So um, they're never letting anything happen to them. It's nonsense. Uh, I can't wait to hear this episode in another few months when something has happened and they fold, but I very much doubt it. <laughs> so do I. So do I. They will sooner join a Super League than they will be punished by La Liga. I think, uh, like, you messaged me the other week and said, like, this is, you know, Leeds and other teams in the UK have started season on minus points for stuff like this before. True. And, yeah, true. Exactly you know, this. There's other clubs out there that have lost points or been, like, in Bordeaux's case, have been relegated to another division because of their financial issues, mm-hmm. um, part of which was compounded by not receiving money from Barcelona that they were meant to. Um you know, it just, if you're rich enough, you'll get away with it. You'll you get away with it. To the point where you can stop being rich <laughs> and still get away with it. So, yeah, you're, you're rich on future earnings now, apparently. I wish yeah. I could do that. How great would that be? <laughs> we might wrap it up for this week. Uh, Liverpool still to play. Uh, this By the time people listen to this, Liverpool will have played. Any predictions? And one, I imagine. Palace? Yeah. I reckon they're going to cream them. Yeah, I won't say cream them. I reckon 3-1. I reckon they bounce back. I'm going a big 4-0. Big 4-0. 4-0 four four with a Mo Salah double. Let's hope so. Mo Salah. And no Trent Ag- uh, Alexander-Arnold points, please. Like, you don't want you don't want uh, Ryan to get more points on top. It's all FPL. It's all FPL related. Just We're, down, we're down in 25th, mate. We're exactly mid-table, which is you know probably, I don't mind mediocrity. That's kind of the <laughs> zone I exist in mostly. Yeah, fair. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll come back next week. Uh, In the meantime, we'll probably have a pod out uh, for Adelaide United play Adelaide City Wednesday night in the Australia Cup. That's going to be huge. Um, I guess Mm. sometime between that game and next week, we'll probably we'll do something about that. (laughs) I guess. I like how non-committal you are. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of the schedule and uh, where we fit stuff in. Uh, we also will pro- we'll have a bit of a chat about Modbury and MacArthur. Um, I'd say Modbury put up a fight, but that, they were always kind of out of their depth in that one. Yeah, overwhelmed. But, um, it was cool to see Dwight York hanging around in the rain at Jeps Cross. So, <laughs> yeah, enjoy your week, folks. Go well. Peace, love, everyone. <laughs>